What is a totally digital business? Certainly not an old-style one with a cool website superimposed over the front end. In this episode, I talk to Alistair Wickens, who's just transformed his company from a traditional to a totally digital business. A fascinating story. It's both scary and packed with lessons and insights. Listen to Alistair describe the route taken by Road to Health and what a similar journey might mean for your business. That's all right here in episode 73 of the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. Welcome, you're listening to the podcast for financial services professionals looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of marketing, protection and finance. So let's get on with the show and here's your host, Roger Edwards. Happy New Year. Here's to a fantastic 2016 and welcome, welcome to the Empath Podcast. As the lady said, I'm your host, Roger Edwards. A marketing guy from Edinburgh, I help people like you with your marketing strategy, content and social media. Until I set up my own business, I was in and out of senior marketing roles in UK financial services companies for two decades. Some of you might remember me as the marketing director and then the managing director of Bright Grey and Scottish Provident. Thank you for listening and thank you for plugging me and my guests into your earphones. Before we get on to talking about totally digital businesses, here's a shout out for Vernon Foster at Pod Parrot, who left me a review for the Empath podcast on the US version of iTunes. He said, I loved episode 63 with Martin and Pete. I've been preaching that small businesses need to hop onto podcasting now while it's hot, and this episode was a great reminder about the power of podcasting. So thanks for that review, Vernon, and watch out for an upcoming episode where I talk to Colin Gray about how you can launch your own podcast into the financial services sector. So let's get to that interview with Alistair Wickens. Alistair is Group Chief Executive of Road to Health. They developed Quelth, a digital health assessment tool underpinned by a proprietary algorithm. He's recently overseen Road to Health's transformation from a traditional business to a totally digital one. He believes that huge opportunities await financial services companies that make the same brave leap. Procrastination is not an option. So let's get into that interview right here on the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. So Alistair, welcome to the Empath podcast. Yeah, thank you. Good to be here. And uh, where am I Skyping you from today, Alistair? I'm sitting at the foot of the South Downs in Eastbourne at the moment, looking out of my home office, uh, which I often do on a Friday. and gives me a chance just to catch up with all the travels and things that have been going on this week. Alistair, we've known each other for quite a few years. Um, we did some business back in the day when I worked for Bright Grey. And um, you represent a company called Road to Health. Uh, and we're going to talk today about how you've transformed Road to Health from a traditional business into a digital business. And that does sound intriguing. But before we get to that, maybe tell the listeners of the Empath podcast a little bit about yourself, where you come from, where you're going, what your career ambitions are, and, and basically what makes Alistair Wickens tick. Well, I guess I've been had a varied course really over the past 15 to 20 years, but I originally started with a clinical background in ophthalmology and um, very quickly moved into or moved out of the NHS and into corporate, um, partly because the the entrepreneur inside me um, got very frustrated with the staid nature of the NHS and its right. inability to change. 
I've done various things over over my time. First of all, in occupational health, and then moving into PPP healthcare, which gave me some insurance background. And as, as you probably know, the you know PPP and AXA kind of came together, and I was absorbed as part of that. Got got working on all of that um, as AXA's um, one of their leads on strategy, healthcare strategy. In 2002, we started Road to Health, and that's the journey, really, I've been on ever since for the past 13 years, and seen many iterations of the business and some very interesting market developments along the way. And what is Road to Health, Alistair? Well, Road to Health is a, is, I'd like to think of it as a very, very different healthcare business. And when we started this business, we, we had a view that health screening was a very labour-intensive um, resource-intensive exercise that corporates um, paid quite a bit of money for. And that's where we started the business, really, was to say, if you have a, um, a series of metrics given to you at the end of a health screen, invariably, you can hardly remember what the doctor or the screener has said to you when you get out the door. And what we tried to do was to put that into one single metric, which originally we called the Q-score. Um, and it was effectively a score of 100 people of the same sex and age. And it put you as a relative risk in that queue, the closer you were to 100, the lower your risk, the risk of developing um, disease over the next 10 years, and the nearer to one, well, the, the, the less likely you were to even make it to the door of the room. And that's the principle that we have been building over the past um, 13 years. More recently, we've just rebranded it as Quelth um, because there has been a very significant shift in the market, um, as we all know from wearable technology and health technology. And we've anticipated that. We've moved with the times. We've liked to think of ourselves slightly ahead of the curve now. And as a result, our product and our way of operation has had to change too. And is this a is this an underwriting tool? So is this something that a a life insurance company, for example, would use to measure the health of someone in order to offer them terms for a life insurance or a critical illness policy, or is this something just to measure somebody's give somebody a snapshot of where their health is today to allow them to make lifestyle changes themselves? Well, I think it, I mean it's a very interesting question because it depends on who you're talking to as to what value they see in wealth. Um, when you talk to insurance, and we did start life in the insurance sector in, in multiple territories, but with, with some very big insurance partners who saw the value of having a lot of de- data around an individual's health and particularly the predictive nature of the data that we were gathering. And they were able to say, um, it, that, or they were able to correlate it with their existing underwriting systems and say that this was a reasonably good, if not a very good proxy for underwriting. Mm-hmm. And that really is where our business started. But the challenge for us was that everybody, when you tackle B2B and go directly to insurers or retailers or people like that, they all have their own compliance um, issues and branding issues. And as a result, we, we ended up modifying QScore and the web applications that we were building for each individual client. And effectively, we turned into a software company building right. websites. Right. That was really not where we were going. So the transition to answer your question as to is it an underwriting tool, yes, it could be if you were talking to insurers. But at the moment, our thrust and our foray into the market is around consumer, direct-to-consumer, helping individuals to understand their future health risk and the steps that they can take to modify and reduce that risk. And clearly, there are some massive set market sectors out there who have a vested interest in knowing, first of all, the individuals, what their risk is, mm-hmm. secondly, what their future risk is, and thirdly, what their attitude towards behavior changes. And if you combine those three things, you have the basis for a very innovative and interesting future around insurance 
retailing, pharmacos, pharmacy suppliers, all of these people have a vested interest in that type of data. And how does this actually work? So does somebody fill out a questionnaire? Do they have to go along to a, a doctor's surgery and be examined? How does it work? Well, it's in a, in a traditional business sense, you would have normally had people populating it by keying in their blood pressure or keying in the level of activity they had each week. And in the very old days, it would have been the outcomes of a health screen, a physical health screen. But you can't do population health management or affect consumer behaviours on an enormous scale if you're reliant on people. No. People to deliver the test, that is. So we have flipped this now and kept the breast of the market because it is all about wearables and interconnectivity between wearable devices, systems, and, and, and various individuals who would be taking readings. So your doctor may well intervene and give you a blood pressure reading, but the current way of doing it is to have it interacting with your mobile phone, your geosensors in your mobile phone, and your pedometers within your mobile phone, or your calorific intake as read by MyFitnessPal, for example, mm -hmm. or the, the your weight on a daily basis when you step on one of your scales inside the bathroom. You know, it's all, all about interconnectivity now and reading data from a massive ecosystem. And what we do is we make sense of all of that data and convert it into something that actually means something for the end consumer. This is really interesting, and it, and it sort of leads me into the main topic of our discussion today, Alistair, and that's how you've morphed Road to Health from what you would describe as a traditional business into one that's truly digital. And this is quite interesting because you and I met a couple of weeks ago in Edinburgh when you were up here speaking at a conference, and we did talk about the way that financial services companies have maybe struggled with this shift from traditional business to digital. And there are all sorts of reasons like that, procrastinating nations one of them fear might be another one and maybe just the fact that they seem to be desperately trying to hang on to legacy systems and obviously you've already mentioned all sorts of technology describing road to health and describing the testing and describing the interaction with mobile devices so obviously what you've identified is that the future is to effectively throw everything away and start from scratch is that what you've really done with road to health it is. Uh, I mean, it's, it sounds a crazy thing to do, but we've ended up saying internally that we are a effectively a startup company with 13 years' experience, which is a very unique place to be. I like that. And, but that's the that's the principle of what we've um, had to do is to rest on our experience and say we've got lots and lots of data and experience of dealing with consumers and with the with with individuals on a on an on an individual basis for their health. But we had to go back to the basics and the. The interesting thing that we we did, or I did in particular, was at the beginning of 2014, as we started investigating and looking at the things that really made digital companies great. And I'm not talking about how did they, how did Amazon become a phenomenal online retailer, because I don't I don't see them as one of these truly digital providers in no. in the schematics that I've been drawing up. Because you can have a you can take an insurer, for example, and they talk about becoming digital, and when you ask them what that actually means, they, they say, well, we've employed somebody who's an expert in creating this um, shop window, which is called the website or yes. the digital environment, and the products that they've got inside that, that window are still the very same insurance propositions that they've been marketing even without the website. And it's a bit like saying with Amazon, Amazon themselves 
they still sell the same books that I can buy if I go into a high street retailer and buy it off the shelves. Mm -hmm. So you have a digital environment with Amazon, but they're selling traditional products. But when you go to the other end of the continuum and you start to talk to people like the the senior guys at MyFitnessPal or at Fitbit or Endomondo in the States, and there's a whole host of these different ones that are little startup companies or have been little startup companies that have been born out the you know the sheds in the garden or the bedrooms or whatever. Yeah, these little companies are the ones that are really rocking the com- rocking the rocking the um, digital environment at the moment. And there is something there that makes them really interesting because they are truly digital. They are run by a small handful of people, but they have enormous footprint and enormous followings. And my my quest was to find out what was it that made those companies really great, um, because I don't want to build an Amazon type business with you know however many thousands of people are employed in it. We want a business. Our business is probably going to be no greater than around forty people. Mm-hmm. But I want a business that has millions of people, absolutely millions of people using quilts in some shape or form to give them some idea of their future health risk and as a behavior change tool to help them to to reduce that future health risk. I mean, when we talk about changing the health of the nation, I actually believe that quilt has the ability to do that because you can distribute this now in a very, very low cost way, gather oodles of data, and you can incentivize and motivate on an individual basis for a few pennies. You couldn't do that 10 years ago. You couldn't do it five years ago. We've had to change everything all the way through to the way we even make decisions. The product design has to start with being a digital product. The way we hold our meetings now are entirely different to the way we used to hold our meetings. Um, the way we think now is always mobile first. You never start with a hard product. You start mobile first and you work it up from there. And could you distill down into one or two ideas or sentences what it is that encapsulate a truly digital business one feature of these companies these truly digital companies is that everything they do is around the paradigm of being digital mm-hmm. so the thought process even the way they think the paradigm of that, that business is is down to how do we do this digitally before they start thinking about how do we think about a hard product or a physical tangible product so if we were talking in terms of the financial sector, we're not talking about how can we take our existing policies or our existing products and put them on a website and sell them in exactly the same way. So the only difference is I'm putting my details in to consumer online and I get a package through the post, which is my policy documents. That's just about repackaging the existing product. But if you can make it absolutely digital all the way through so that you can apply for an insurance product just by clicking on one single button on the screen and everything all the way through is digital without me having to do anything or sign anything or go through a process of underwriting in the way that I've always been used to. If I can make underwriting part of the the engagement, part of the fun of doing my Quelth score, then you start to think about something that is, is built on a different paradigm. Digital has to be all the way through your business, right from the basics, right the way through to the very, very end product. And I guess that quite a lot of financial services providers, if not all financial service providers, particularly the traditional ones that have been around for a long time, they are locked into a into a cycle where they have lots of incredibly old legacy systems, uh, a lot of bureaucracy to go with it, quite a lot of compliance on top of that. And I suppose the natural uh, process that they go through is to think we need to add XYZ feature onto our product and we'll do that 
with our legacy system, so that takes a long time. And then they may just be able to put something glossy at the front end and call it a website and think that that's digital. Whereas really what you're saying is that if you want to do something completely new and truly innovative and truly digital, you might almost have to throw that legacy system away completely, build something completely new, start with a digital version and move from that forward as opposed to trying to build it on your own systems and then somehow shoehorning or retrofitting it into a digital environment. I agree. And um, one thing I I kind of say at many of the conferences I go to now and speak about the digital digital health and digital um, digitization of a business is that the you know for the NHS and for the financial services I often think that it's going to be an impossible task for those two industries to change from within because you do have those legacy and those paradigms that are associated with it it's the, the you know the group think that we often talk about at MBA level we, we talk about the the way we all have always done things the culture is there it's very difficult to change that even if you put an incubator unit within within an organization mm-hmm. and i think the only way that things like nhs and insurance companies are going to change is by is by stepping outside of their four walls and looking at the new startups the new innovators in the market that possibly have never had anything to do before with insurance or the nhs type service provision we talk about ecosystems um, quite a lot and one really interesting thing about where digital businesses are now heading is instead of them saying we're trying to build everything ourselves and put it under our um, one roof is they have this spider web type affiliation or association with multiple small niche players and the data exchange takes place between them and as a result of this huge ecosystem you now have something very very powerful and that is the way that I begin believe that you know changing insurance and changing the NHS and changing some of these major industries that are stuck in their ways of thinking I believe that's the only way that this is going to change. So the two messages I'm getting from you here Alistair first of all you've got to start digital you've got to start mobile and think forward from that point rather than think traditional and shoehorn it back in and secondly you can't do all this yourself in-house it has to be outsourced but that sounds incredibly challenging particularly for a traditional insurer and in some ways you've you've faced these challenges as well because you were a a traditional company and you've said that you've thrown quite a lot if not everything away so what were the challenges that you faced effectively doing this uh, digital flip because you, you created a business road to health back in 2002 had this realization about 10 years later that things needed to change just quickly talk us through how you convinced yourself and and, and effectively drove that change through well, I think there comes a, there comes a point in time when you're running a business and you look forward and you say, if how how big can we make this business just by extrapolating or extending the existing the existing business the existing way we do things, and the challenges about doing that is when you've got a business that is growing, your decision then becomes, do I want to grow at a steady rate of you know putting on just a couple of million or whatever it is per year, or do I want to grow and do I want to change it by ten million per year? Now that decision is quite a quite a quite a difficult one to make when you've got a business that is doing okay. So one of the challenges we had was first of all to ensure that everybody within the management team was on board with that and all understood where this business was heading. And the reason was 
you know, we were actually going to be changing some fundamental things, throwing away some of our legacy clients, for example, because they no longer fulfilled the long-term strategy and vision for the business. Now that that is a difficult decision to take. Mm. And convincing shareholders, management teams, and convincing the team that you're kind of going to be throwing away almost one-third of your revenue in order to change and reposition the ship that you're steering is a difficult and challenging thing to do. And it's a hard thing to do when you're, when you're sat on a ship. It's even harder when you're sat on an oil tanker. It's, it's, it's about changing lots and lots and lots of different things in a short space of time because we are dealing in a market here that is moving so incredibly fast that if we took a year to talk about it and then talk, uh, took another year to go through the legals and the compliance issues that we have to go through, we wouldn't have a business because the market is moving faster than many businesses can transform at the moment. And hence the reason, you know, when you do these types of things, you've got to be very, very clear that there's a reason for doing it. You've got to move very, very swiftly with changes. And we've made the complete change really within nine months, 10 months really in this business. So again, what I'm hearing, Alistair, is, and this is a very difficult position to be in, but you're actually saying, don't be afraid to rip up the rule book and start again, even if that means throwing some revenue away. It's better to throw that revenue away today in order to have a business which will be very profitable in the future, rather than Mm -hmm. just trying to hang on to the way that you've always done things. That's Mm -hmm. a huge ask. It is. It is. And to be honest, when you look back on it, you... If I knew what I was going to be going through this past 12 months in terms of the transitions and the pains that we had to go through and the sleepless nights and all the angst that was there, you probably would say, well, I I wouldn't have done it had I known. But now that I'm on the other side of that and you can see some of the results of it starting to come through and some of the benefits to it and the excitement and the fervor that you get within your workforce because they are working within a new style business that is really on trend, it all becomes worthwhile. And of course, it gives you a great opportunity to actually start with the consumer and what the consumer wants, rather than, I suppose, again, the traditional approach that we've had in financial services is we start with the product and then we try to sell it to the consumer. Do you think there are any financial services companies out there? I mean, you've, you've, you've talked to quite a few of them to see whether there's an underwriting application to Road to Health. Do you think there are any financial services providers out there that are thinking like this, that are starting along this journey? Yes, there are companies out there who genuinely want to make that change and that transition, but they are too busy doing their normal daily work, their normal business of selling policies. I, I think the paradigm shifts here are not about how do we sell more insurance, but how do we get consumers thinking more about things that are um, it's, it's not necessarily buying insurance, but how do you get people engaged with looking after their health well and well-being? And how do you give them rewards and incentives for making gradual incremental changes in their health and well-being? I mean, Vitality are a really good example of a company that has, has really made strides in that particular area. But, you know, I think, I think the next generation of insurance companies are not going to be the ones that come from our traditional insurance providers. They, they will be, I believe, ecosystems of fast-moving, right-on-trend organizations that can come together in an ecosystem to really engage with consumers. So you've been through this transformation. You've turned Road to Health from a traditional company into a digital company. What have been the rewards of all this hard work and all this investment of your time and money? It doesn't take long to start to see some of the rewards. 
you see rewards almost instantly when the business becomes much more stable and you get an excited workforce and the productivity of that workforce suddenly just becomes much, much greater because there's a genuine excitement that we're doing something on trend, something up to date, something modern, um, something that everybody is talking about, apps and you know, wearable devices. It's all very on trend at the moment. So you see a big change there. I think the other the other thing that you see is this, you, you start to see the scale at which you can build a business and I think that's the that's the thing that we are starting to see here. Um, we have a relationship, and we've had one for about nine months now with Samsung, um, and we're one of their preferred partners within their telephones, and that starts from the S3 all the way up to the S6 Edge Plus and so on. Right. So the, the distribution potential with Samsung is 100 million people. <laughs> now, where do you get that number if you're trying to do business in a traditional way? And that that's the type of things that you start to see and we we're getting now as an organization we are very firmly on the radar of some of the world's biggest technology partners and the discussions that we have with those people are not talking about how do you increase your base by 50,000 customers it's how do you increase them by 10 million customers by 100 million customers so the scale of what you can achieve becomes so much more apparent and the other thing is the cost of acquisition of your customer plummets and I think that's one of the biggest things that we're seeing now is our reach has become so significantly greater for such significantly less um, spend. And that is, these are the rewards you start to see is the efficiencies that you can drive through, but it's also the scale of what you can achieve with your business. Scale, efficiencies, bottom line, these are all exciting things to talk about, Alistair. What would you say there's one thing that you'd like those people who are listening to the Empath podcast to today to take away from the experience that you've had transforming road to health it's about time the market really stopped just talking about change and just got on with it Mm -hmm. Uh, if there was one message i can tell you from experience in this is that the market in health tech is moving far too fast for procrastinators and the people that are the ones the ones that are making a success of it are the people that are quietly getting on with it but doing it very fast and being responsive without the burden of all the legacy and the bureaucracy that goes along with traditional businesses. Alistair, so much food for thought there. Effectively what you're saying is stop talking about it and just get on with it. The market's moving too fast for procrastinators. I think actually the market's moving too fast for procrastinators might be the headline on the graphic for this particular podcast. Alistair, it's been great to talk to you today. I always like to finish the podcast off with a quick fire round of business questions. So let's go straight into that. If there was one thing that you would change about the financial services industry, if someone gave you a magic wand to wave, what would it be? Well, I think I think it is. Um, look outside your four walls and don't try and do it all yourself because there are people out there who are niche providers, who are specialists. Bring them together, plug them together, and build something very, very great very, very quickly. What's the one business model, or it could be a product, or it could be a campaign that's caught your attention in the last year? Tell us what it was and what you liked about it. Well, if I can if I can give you an answer of two there. Of course. One was Dropbox. Dropbox is a, a phenomenally powerful um, business model where what they did was just do something very, very simple. They did less, but they did it a lot better. And that's one of the paradigms we have for our business. And that's why Quelth now doesn't focus on doing screening and all sorts of different things. We do less. We focus on our metric and making that absolutely brilliant world beating. And that's what we're about. Do less, but do it better. Mm-hmm. The other the other business model that I really am quite impressed with and is, is people like WhatsApp. You know, great little app, but they 
did exactly where we are actually trying to trying to play at the moment, which is to build enormous volume and then find a way of just simply saying it doesn't need an awful lot of monetization on the back of an enormous amount of volume to drive some really profitable income for the business. And those are the two models, I think, that have really caught my attention. Tell us about an app or a gadget that's made a huge difference to your working life. Uh, funnily enough, the, the apps that have made a huge difference to me are the ones that help me to look after myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I think, you know, okay, I'm the chief exec of a healthcare business, a health app business, if you like. But actually, when you get so entrenched and so excited, so passionate about what you are doing, it is very easy to work 23 hours a day and forget that you've actually got a body that you've got to look after. Yeah. And the apps that really do help are make sure you've got some really good apps on there. Quelth is a classic example, but I would say that. But make sure you've got some really good apps there that monitor your and make sure you get your exercise and make sure that you're eating properly, make sure you're sleeping properly, make sure you're drinking properly because it ain't much good if you've got a CEO who's heading for a CVD instant or anything like that. <laughs> What's the best business book you've ever read? Tell us why you like it so much and what you took from it. Well, the one I, the one I really like is one that one of my colleagues gave me, Nigel Ingham gave me, about uh, six years ago. and It was a book called Delivering Happiness by a chap called Tony Hirsch. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Tony, Tony Shea, sorry. And he's... He had this uh, set this company up in the States to um, provide shoes online and he completely upturned the market um, by saying, you know, you can wear your shoes, you can try them for a while, but if they don't work for you, if they're not right, well, you just return them to me and I'll refund them with no questions at all. And what he aimed to do was to delight his customers. And he did. And he built an enormous business on the back of it. How do you get your consumers totally enthused and committed to a brand by by turning customer service on its head? All great ideas there, Alistair. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm guessing that quite a few people listening to this episode are going to want to get in touch with you to talk through some of the things you've been sharing with us today. So what's the best way that people should connect with you? Well, there's, there's a website that people can go to and there's a contact section at the end of that. So it's it's roadtohealthgroup.com. Um, there's also a, an email address, which is alistair.wickens at roadtohealthgroup.com. Or if you're interested in just seeing what goes on in the small hours of the night and so on, in terms of when we're tweeting and twitting things, but it's uh, at roadtohealthceo. We'd be delighted to chat to anybody who wants to hear more about our transformation. And of course, I'll include all of those contact details on the show notes for this episode, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. Alistair, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's really been fascinated to talk to you about digital and how important that is going forwards. Lots of food for thought for everyone listening to this today. Let me wish you every success for the future and hope to catch up with you again soon. That's great. It's been my very great pleasure. Thank you, Roger. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Protection and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. If you are a provider or advisor or journalist and you have a product, campaign or business model you'd like to talk about, please get in touch. You can be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's all just thoughts and opinions, okay?